know, one of my first incidents I remember being assigned to the library. <laughs> I had no experience. Zip had never worked a radio ever. I wasn't supposed to be up there, but didn't have a class. They had no one to cover the library. That's an officer's position. A CCO in a uniform is supposed to work that, not some blonde-headed girl who just started, you know, 30 years old. And I can remember walking up, Captain Sweat and Sharon, and it was Chrissy Strunk standing on the yard, and Captain Sweat just standing there with his arms folded. That's how he did. He just looking at me. You know, what do you think you're doing? Work in the library. And I had already talked to Dane, and I told her in my notebook, I said, just tell me what I need to do today not to screw up so that I survive. And so they told me, like, count time is this. There's, like, three things or four things right there on that pad. And so I had that pad in my pocket, and I thought, you're going to go in there like you you know what you're doing, and we'll figure it out. And that's what I told him. I said, I'm working the library. And he said, well, we'll see. And so I did. I went in there, and it was like, please, Jesus, don't let me screw up today. <laughs> so I read those four things, like, repetitively, you know, counted my inmates, had my head counts, called out on the radio like I was supposed to. End of the day, when I went by, he was still down there on the boulevard, which is much not the boulevard we have now, but we come down to the school, and he was still standing there, just nodded at me. That was it. But I earned his respect that day. That was Miss Julia Gregg, a teacher with the Education Department at the Morgan County Correctional Facility in Morgan County, Tennessee. She was recounting a time when she felt she had earned one of her male colleagues' respect on the job. For a long time, the field of corrections and law enforcement has been stereotyped as just a man's world. Women were not typically considered to be adequate enough for positions inside of our correctional facilities or walking the streets holding those who dare break the law accountable for their actions. Today, we're talking to several female staff within the Tennessee Department of Correction about their careers in this field and how they've succeeded. We'll let you decide after hearing these stories if that perception and that stereotype is still accurate or fair. I'm TDOC's Rob Rayburn, and this is TDOC's new podcast, The Mission. Sometimes, even in 2018, you'll find a certain stigma regarding women wearing the badge and working in the law enforcement and correctional field, especially when it comes to supervising male offenders. Last month, as many of you know, was Women's History Month, and we, that is TDOC's communications department, thought, why not see what they, the women of TDOC, think about this perception of corrections and law enforcement being better suited for men? What had they experienced throughout their careers? Just to give you a quick breakdown, Females make up over 40% of TDOC's overall staff, including over 980 in the Correctional Security Series, just under 500 in the Probation Parole Series, and an initial 369 in Rehabilitative Services. And what are they up against? Over 20,200 of our incarcerated offenders, or 89%, are male, and approximately 76% of our 100,000-plus offenders on community supervision are also male. So what do you guys think? Do you think there is a stereotype, a serious one anyway, that law enforcement and corrections especially is just a man's world? I can say when I started my career back in 1989, that stereotype was true. I, I found it to be true. But what I can say during this time period, I don't, I don't see that to be the, the case. Absolutely. In my generation, the 70s and 80s, the stereotype was there. The, it was mostly a men's world in that era where men were police officers, 
um, and I've seen things change so much through the years, which I think has been a wonderful thing. This has been a wonderful opportunity for me. Um, when I was growing up, my parents were both correctional officers, and my stepdad had the firm believing that women had no place in the prison, even though my mother was one. Um, so me and my sister were brought up to not work in corrections because it is a man's world. And why exactly do you think that was? How do you think that came about? Well, history established that mentality. Men had certain roles that they performed in, and women had certain roles that they performed in. It used to be it was only men who worked in law enforcement in any agency of any type. Women were perceived as weak counterparts that could not handle it. But I think a lot of perspective is your older, your older generation, they look at women as, you know, the caretaker. Admittedly, I wasn't incredibly shocked to learn that a lot of the perception came from older generations and their views on women's roles in the workforce. But something I was surprised to learn about was that it seemed the stereotype did not derive from within, but outside, where people's ideas were, in part, and still are, based on misconceptions on what the world of corrections is really like. So is this something that you guys experienced when you came into TDOC, when you began your careers in corrections? Or is this something more that you experienced uh, externally from people outside of corrections and outside of the field? I don't really think that it's so much as internally as it is externally. We come in here with our own mindsets of what it is we're fixing to face. When I came in here over 15 years ago, I was under the perception that I would be alone a lot and not have a lot of help from my co-workers, but that is not what I encountered at all. I didn't have to prove myself any more than a new male employee. While dealing with it in the school environment that I have been in and people asking me and perceiving that I was coming into a man's world and being treated differently, I personally never experienced that, not with the officers or staff that I worked with. I think um, just externally, before you even get into the field, you um, years ago you would think that it was male dominated and that it was a male field. But uh, when I entered the field, uh, no one ever treated me different. I was an officer. It wasn't I was a female officer, I was an officer. I think that society pushes it on us more than we do for men here. We're constantly pushing back. Constantly. So the general consensus seems to be that it's external, that it's people out in the community and it's society. Where do you think that perception comes from? Do you think it's a lack of understanding about our field? Do you think that it's the media and it's Hollywood? Do you think it's a combination? What are you guys' thoughts on that? I watch a lot of First 48. There are a lot of female uh, detectives that are out there in that field. And, and I love the way that they're portraying them, but that's not what was portrayed at first. I definitely think it comes from Hollywood, it comes from the media, it comes from, because if you don't work in this field, you're only getting those sides of it. You're not getting the internal side of it. So I'm thinking that um, that's exactly where it comes from. But once you actually step into the, this field and you're internally working it, you will see that it's not you know, stere stereotypically a man's job or a man's field of <clears throat> kind of like what she said you don't really know what it's like unless you're in that that setting and have that experience firsthand so what they see is like hollywood or what the media portrays them it's nothing like tv <laughs> <laughs> corrections is not as bad as everybody makes it out to be 
I think the TV puts off a lot more than what really. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They they show all the bad bad stuff that actually happens probably very seldomly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the media does that too. Yeah, they only depict the bad things. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you see a whole lot of females when they have prison movies. You know, you a lot of TV shows and movies when they depict officers, they're almost always male. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't even think they portray females. In corrections, there's always being um, threatened with being raped. Oh yeah, in there, the damsel in distress. Yeah. If they are in there, yeah. And that's why I'm so glad that they started the Citizens Academy, so regular citizens can come in and get a glimpse of what we deal with on a daily basis, instead of you know just relying on other information, just you know to experience it for themselves. Given what they knew and understood of their community's ideas of what it's like to work in corrections and how those misconceptions shape people's views of working in corrections, I couldn't wait to hear stories of when they told people they work in TDOC's prisons and supervise TDOC's probationers and parolees. Okay, so we all know that people outside of corrections, they don't understand what goes on within our field. Uh, They think it's scary, they think it's dangerous, especially for for women, for females in this field. So that being said, um, what was it like when you told your friends that you were coming to join TDOC or when you're just out and about and you're talking to strangers and the uh, subject of careers comes up, what was it like? What reactions do you guys get? When I left um, my job to come here as a CO, um, I was working retail of all things, and they're like, oh, my God, you're going to work in a prison? I said, yeah, it's right down from my house. Aren't you scared? Well, no more than a reasonable person. Well, you have a gun or a mace. Well, I got mace, yeah, but... No, someone's with you, right? You ain't got many inmates. And I'm like, no, I'm up to, you know, 128 inmates by myself, if not more. I mean, this is a dangerous job, yeah, but that's, they just think because we're women, we can't handle it. There's women here that I'd rather have by my side. Unfortunately, rather, I'd have them before I'd have some men by my side, to be quite honest. Um, Um, I've been in settings where we've, me and my husband have gone out to eat or we've gone to his work for like uh, holiday parties and if, when they find out I work in a prison they're like oh my gosh aren't you scared for her uh, I can't believe you work there I don't know if the perception of women working in prison or, or whatever it just it's a dangerous place is what they think and um, my, my husband's uh, response to that is oh she's got it don't worry about it um, she can take you know she's strong don't worry about it I'm not worried about her one one second in there and he's not it's humorous to be sitting somewhere getting my hair cut making small talk with the lady cutting my hair saying I work in a prison and get the response of oh my oh god do you have to be around inmates in and Amy will tell you they were all like you cannot go there like she's crazy she's going to work in a prison that's what they all said you're, you're going to see such terrible things I'm like what do you mean terrible things I think it's just plain medical care nope nope you're going to be you, you don't even want to know what you're going to see I'm like what do you think it's going to be you're going to be I don't even know. So I'm like, no, I don't really think it's going to be that bad, guys. I, I really don't. So, and then when I came here, how many people came after me? Amy's one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Then I'm like, guys, it's really not what you all thought it was. Like, I, I love it here. I really do. And I wouldn't come back. You know, the, the hours are great. The, the job, I enjoy my job. Um, I think they seem shocked and more like, how do you do that being a female mm-hmm. um, in the field? dealing with offenders, especially male offenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're just like, that would scare me if, that, if I was in that situation. Mm-hmm. It usually starts off with, you really do that? Yeah, I do. 
Like, so you carry a gun and everything? Yeah, I do. And it usually leads into, well, don't don't you say scared? No. <laughs> I guess it's that's all about how you I guess that's to be expected, um, given what we we know about how people understand corrections. Uh, but that's really funny. So, what about your families? When you told your families, that's when you're talking to to friends or strangers. What about your family and your loved ones? And you told them that you were coming to TDOC and that you were uh, you were beginning your career in corrections. How did they react? Good. Well, um, I started out as being a non-traditional student, so uh, when I actually went to college and graduated, I was already married with children, so I think my family recognized that I had a passion for criminal justice, and this was really my dream job. When I graduated from college, I knew that I wanted to be a probation officer, and um, I think they were proud. My um, children, when they went to school, they were happy to tell you know their classmates that I was a probation officer, and um, they would tell me that their um, classmates would be like, you know, really, like, what does she do? Like, how, you know, how do you feel about that? But they, every time they speak of my profession, they always speak of it with pride. So that just made you know my job way you know more easier. So I've always had the support of my family. They never said that I couldn't do it. They know that anything that I put my mind to, I'm gonna be great at it. So it was good. My mom was all right with it until I told her that no, I didn't have an officer assigned to me that was sitting in my office all the time, and that yes, inmates were just out walking around. <laughs> she thought that they were all locked down, and that I had my personal little escort officer with me. Then she was she was kind of worried. My mom was going to have a panic attack when I told her where I was going. For my daddy. I, I well, she, I'm with you. She had a fit that I. I didn't need to work there. I didn't need to be around a bunch of male inmates. You know, she just, she had no idea of what the actual correction world was. She just, it will they go off TV. The news. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and she just knew I was going to come in here and die, is what she was acting like. My husband was working in corrections at Morgan County and came here, and I was working for the state in a different department, and I stayed at home for a year thinking that the contract wouldn't get renewed and he would come back and the contract got renewed and he didn't come back so I came here nothing was ever said about my husband working in a facility but whenever it is mentioned my father changes the subject he doesn't say you shouldn't work there he doesn't say he's worried about me He's very proud that his church is responsible for doing stuff at the women's unit now. You know, they come from Oak Ridge and do that, and then, you know, people from his Sunday school do this and that. He's very proud of all that. But if I say one word about work, he changes the subject. My parents didn't like it. That was just 1989. I was supposed to be a hairstylist. <laughs> and uh, when I when I told him I'd apply for this job and I had to go to the academy and everything that was involved, oh my daddy did not like it. But I tell you what happened during the, during the time that I was at the academy. I remember when I had to shoot the shotgun, and, and that was uh, traumatic for me because I've never held a weapon. And then I remember going home and telling my uh, mom, I said, I'm not going back. I said my shoulder was bruised because I'd never shot it before, and I said I'm not going back. But at that point, she was encouraging me. She said, you started this, now you finish it. So that made me go back to the academy. Once I made it through the weapons part and got to the prison, it was, it was a struggle going into a men's prison being young.
and female, but I wouldn't change any of that because it kind of struck, made me who I am today. I learned a lot. My my dad felt like I, you know, he raised me to be kind of like a tomboy. So I, I was around guns all my life and everything. So he he thought if I could put my mind to it, I could do it. Um, my mom and like my grandmother and stuff, not so much because I am a smaller statued female. So majority of the offenders I'm going to supervise are a lot bigger than me, a lot taller than me. And their thing was safety and being, you know, scared for me, um, especially with what sometimes goes on with law enforcement and how it's portrayed by the media. Um, I, when I first started, I started out in West Tennessee for a misdemeanor probation company. And we didn't have all this equipment. We It was just, I wore slacks, heels, and a dress shirt, and that's it. And we didn't have like the safety measures that TDOC has. So once I moved up here and got and came into TDOC, it was more like a relief for my parents because now if something happens, I have more training and more experience. So, um, but I think a lot of it was just because of my size and that, you know, I'm the only child too. So I think that had to play a part in it. Not necessarily that I'm not capable of doing it, but just for the the whole strength thing, I guess. But now they're really supportive, so. Do you think that your family and loved ones would have acted that way if you were male or if you have brothers, if it was your brother who had came and made that announcement that they were coming into the field of corrections they were going to be entering their or beginning their law enforcement career with the Tennessee Department of Correction. Do you think they'd have reacted the same way? Or do you think that reaction was simply and solely because you are their child and they perceive this to be an incredibly dangerous field? Well, I think that, but I think they wouldn't have been so like always, you know, calling if they knew I was on home checks. You know, did you make it in? Because um, we lived in different cities. But I think they were just worried, me being a young female going to visit male of offenders, you know, anything could happen. But if it was my brother doing the job, I don't think they'd be as concerned. For me, that, that's the case. I'm daddy's girl. Yes. He, he, if, if it had been my brother, he would have accepted it and would have been okay with it. But yes, that's, that was the case because I was his, his baby. So switching gears just a little bit. We've been talking about what other people think, people outside of corrections, outside of law enforcement, think about this field, what they perceive it to be, how they perceive women are treated, and the, uh, the perceived dangers to women. Let's talk about what it's actually like. Let's talk about what a female on the job actually deals with. Um, so what is it like? Do you find that it's hard um, specifically for females, do you think there's any disadvantages? I wouldn't say it's a disadvantage. I'd just say it's a challenge. It's a challenge being a female in this environment, but that challenge makes me a better employee mm -hmm. and a better person if I want it to. In this environment, they're like piranhas. They're going to test you. I've been here 11 years. They test me all the time. It'll ebb and flow. I'll get a new group of guys in the classroom. They're going to test me and figure out who I am. I'm constantly resetting those boundaries. So it's a little like parenting. Funny that you say that. Because they do see us as bigger targets. And they do try us more. But 
back to you saying it's all how we present ourselves. Mm -hmm. I've found in the 10 years I've been here that once they realize the kind of person I am and how I carry myself, I actually get more respect from them mm -hmm. than some, I hate to say it, some of the officers I've come across. Because you, I mean, you've put it out there that but this is who I am, you know, I don't care to help you all I can in my situation, you know, my, my job, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to help you more than what you're asking of me, you know, give respect, get respect. And uh, I, I've actually, once I've been around a group of inmates so long, you know, uh, I don't have any problem at all. I'm more intimidated by going to downtown Knoxville than I am around some inmates because, like I said, once you once you put yourself out there and they know who you are, you're going to give or you're going to get just as much respect as you give them, or more. Yeah. If you stay firm from the beginning. Yeah. They will not try to manipulate you. Yep. Before that, though, they will come at you harder because you're a female. Mm -hmm. But once you set that standard with them, they know and they tell their friends. If you're a female officer, you get uh, male offenders who think, you know, that they can use their use their wily ways to, you know get one thing or another from you uh, it may start off where they may uh, call me Monica instead of you know officer Kennedy or manager Kennedy and then that's when I stop them right then and there and like no my name is manager Kennedy that's how you need to address me just like I'm gonna address you mr. so-and-so so as long as you set the you know how the rec you know how the conversation and how the the meetings are going to go from the beginning as long as you keep a professional I think that lets them know that you know this is not a game we're not here to play you're not my friend you know you're not my family we're here because you're on probation and we're going to make sure that you're compliant with that probation so I think as long as you start the 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 whole conversation and the meeting off right then you know it stays professional but the minute that you give them a little leeway like if they call you Monica and you don't you know say anything or they say oh you look awfully nice today you smell good as long as you let those things slide then they're going to continue to you know to do that and going to take it further that's why I'm like thank you I understand that I smell good and you know I sprayed on perfume this morning but we're here to talk about your probation so you just move it back to the professional track I've actually had um some male offenders like think that they can manipulate me um, <clears throat> do the whole charming spill um, and to get out of doing whatever they think they're fixing to get out of doing whether it's a drug screen or they got to do like their special conditions and and I've actually had one so persistent that I literally had to tell him that you know you are harassing me <laughs> it's a new charge right and he was just like oh so you gonna put me in jail I'm like well you don't need to talk to me like that there's there's a and I had to explain to him that I'm your probation officer. I'm not your friend. I'm not your girlfriend or anything like that. Like, I'm your probation officer and that's it. And once I reiterated that boundary and stuff, then it was a whole different, you know, way he, he spoke to me. But, and I think it, you know, it was that I was a female, but I think that watching him. Yeah, I, I mean, I can think of someone that called this week. He, he, he continues to call my phone instead of talking to his officer. And I think a lot of it is because I'm female, uh, but I, to, I mean, I have to put my foot down. You, you quit calling my phone unless it's an emergency. You have a complaint. You need to call your officer. But I really think, I, am I too nice to him? I don't think so. I think, I think it's just because I'm female and and we had a good rapport. I think it's 
the same in medical. I think women nurses are treated different by the inmates um, than a male nurse. They tend to think that they will be more motherly or um, more giving, um, and they try to pull more over by oh, making them feel bad, thinking they'll be more sincere and get what they want. Um, whereas with the male nurse, they're more upfront and, and straightforward. I can give one example. It was recently a male offender was in the clinic, and I wasn't taking care of him, but one of the nurses was. And he didn't take her answer um, for face value. He wanted to argue and dispute her treatment. And he actually was pretty disrespectful and used some foul language. But when the male officer in the clinic came over, his tone totally changed. He let the officer speak where he was speaking over the nurse and um, he took the answer that the officer gave, which was the same answer that the nurse gave, but she was a female and he was a male. I've had the opposite experience where they were not listening to what the male officer said, but as I came in and said the exact same thing, they were all for it and ready to listen. I've had that too. Yeah, the same I think it's our tone versus the male tone is, Ours is more, I want to say, calmer. The men are more <coughs> hateful about it, maybe. Mm -hmm. And so they tend to listen to the females more than they do the men. Oh, really? So would you say that maybe there are some advantages or maybe some benefits that women have being in the correctional field that men don't? I can say something to one of them where a male can say the exact same thing and I guess just because I'm a woman or how I say it makes all the difference in the world. I have noticed and how many how many women in here have noticed that we can come across a situation where inmates are irate or kicking a door or angry and the, a man's working the pod and they just it ain't happening and how many times have one of us went in there and sit there and talked to them for just a few minutes and gave them a little bit of attention not in a bad manner but just listen to them and how many times have they stopped kicking that door or we've resolved the problem and they've calmed down you got to learn to use it to your advantage mm -hmm. instead of a disadvantage I, I think there are I think that if you're dealing with another a female offender or if you're dealing with a, a male offender I think they're more open to open up to you about things that they wouldn't necessarily open up to a male officer about um, and I think sometimes they want you to kind of give them a, a female perspective on certain things that's going that they're dealing with so I think it can be a, an advantage to being a female officer I think there is a difference especially being um, older I think that a lot of them um, I, I tease them and say that they think that I'm their mother, but I do think that they I ha, I, they do treat me differently. I've, and it's not just me, I see them treat other female counselors differently. There is a different tone to their voice, there's a different stance, there's a, a whole different um, demeanor about uh, the way that they approach you, the, the questions that they will ask. It's completely different. Uh, I saw that where male offenders are protective of the female officer as well. I saw that as well. Um, it was just it was just a thing that I, I I saw because I had an issue with some with an offender one day, and what I as I was leaving the the compound, the uh, there was a bunch of uh, 
what is you call those offenders trustees out cleaning i don't know how the word spread that i hadn't had uh issues with this offender but they these offenders were trying to figure out what happened and they were trying to get involved i'll say that because because of my respect and my rapport, they were, it was like they had my back. I didn't need them to have my back. My officers had my back, but it was, it was I found that in a male prison, sometimes the male's offenders will be protective of the females. It's not that they're doing anything special, getting any type of special privileges. It's just the way, it's a respect for women. And why do you think that's the case? Why do you think that is? A lot of these inmates have come from failed family systems, and most of the time a lot of them grew up in foster care. A lot of them had no male in their life. They were raised by their mother. They were raised by their grandmother. And you ask them, hey, who's your dad? I don't know. I never met my dad. And they hold a lot of hostility towards men. So when you get into situations where there's an escalated situation, they're just going to be mad at a male officer. But if you bring in mental health, they'll ask for mental health, or even a female officer, a lot of the time they're ably, able to de-escalate them easier because they're not holding that hostility to you or towards you. Right. And also it's just setting the structure with them. They came from, you know, bad homes. You know, there was no structure in their life ever, but once they're in the system, there is constant structure. And once they learn that constant structure, it everything will go towards everybody's advantage. It's all to what that person was exposed to while they were growing up. If they were exposed to disrespecting women, then that's what they do. If they were exposed to respect women, they respected their mother, they respected their sisters, then yes, that's, it's just the way they were brought up. It, it may not even be a mother, it could be a grandmother, but it's their environment, how they were raised. That's what's, that's what's key. You can almost tell uh, the, the little guy that I had in my office yesterday, he was positive. Drug, and he, but he had just told me, I knew his mother had passed in December, and I said, why are you using now? He said, I'm still dealing with that, Ms. Davis. He said, I'm still dealing with it. He had a good relationship with his mother, and he's very respectful to me. So I can, I can see that, but I tried to encourage him. I said, I understand that your mother is gone, and we can get you some help, you can take get counseling. I said, but you can't continue to use would your mother want you to be using? Tell me about, and he told me, no, she wouldn't want me to be using. She'd turn over in her grave if she knew I was doing this. It's the way he was brought up, and it's there. He just has to get back to it. It's there, but I think the reason he's so respectful to me is because of his mother and his grandmother, because I, I see the presence. He lives with his grandmother now, but it's his mother. She did that. But then you got those others that come in that you can tell, okay, no, there's no mother presence there. He was brought up to disrespect, but he had it in his household. There was domestic violence, all these kind of things. Well, I was fascinated to learn about the dynamics of interactions between female staff and male offenders. I was surprised at the interactions between male and female staff. While it seems male staff do, in fact, sometimes treat their female colleagues differently, it's not out of disrespect. In fact, you could say almost that it's the exact opposite that it's an abundance of respect that leads them to want to treat them delicately, almost as if they're handling them with gloves on. Um, and that resulted also in a bit of frustration. So what about interactions with male staff? Do they treat you differently? Is there anything you notice about how they treat you as a female officer or staff member versus how they treat their male counterparts? came in one morning and I, I could tell something was going on because you can just look at officers' faces. Everybody was like, <coughs> and, and what it was, 
an officer had uh, an offender and he was getting loud but what I liked about that officer he, he got the offender up and was trying to walk him to the door but by this time I think the offender saw all these people standing around so he started getting uh, it made it made things worse for him but once I said let me I said let's let's because being a manager I had to get to the bottom of the situation but all these men did not want me to talk to this offender by myself it was just it was they had they had they had my back, but I wasn't afraid to talk to them because I could tell me and him were me and him were connecting. It was just the situation had gotten a little out of hand. But all the men they were like, "Well, I'm coming in there with you." But they they have us. I mean, they it's a good muscle thing. But I wasn't afraid of him. I mean, he he had calmed down when I started talking to him. He just wanted to be heard, really. <laughs> I had an inmate one time tell me good morning, but the officer didn't hear what he said, and he goes, "What did he say to you? Did he, was he rude?" I'm like. Good morning. <laughs> like, don't tackle the man. Like, like I said, I'm like, geez, you know. But then I've seen them, you know, let them talk stupid to some people. You know, let inmates talk stupid to some of the nurses before they intervene. And then we go, I'm walking down the boulevard with um, another male staff member, and the yard officer stopped a whole line of inmates because he heard one say something, and he waited until I got up there and asked me, what did they say to me? Not what did they say to him, it was walking with me. What did they say to me? He wanted to know. And they, they said, how are you doing? This <laughs> is what was said. But because it, they felt like they had to ask me that, not him. Because they automatically assumed they said some kind of I can say on home visits, I've been out with several officers. Some of them have tried to do that with me as far as, okay, you stay back, uh, stay back. Or you, or they tried to take the lead as if I'm, I think it was because, I, I don't know if it was because I'm female or manager, but they wanted to do everything. And what I told, I said, we out here together to do these home visits, let's do them. And so, not many. <laughs> I can't. I can't really speak to it, but I can. I, I see it on home visits. They're. They're very. I've been treated like sheltered, like on a home visit. Oh, don't shelter me. I'm. I'm out here to do the home visit with you. I don't you. want a man to swoop in and save me. I want to look to my left, my right, or behind me, and know those men are backing me and seeing me as just as equal as them. So I've already asked you about the stereotype and the perceptions. I'm just going to come out and ask it. Do you think corrections and law enforcement? is a man's world. Do you think it's fair that people believe that? Thankfully, due to successful women, strong-minded women and strong-willed women, we've changed that. I think for the most part, the staff, female or male, are both equal. Um, anybody that wants to do anything can do anything. You just have to set your mind to it, work for it. Um, we get the same respect that the men get. You give it, you get it. So I, I disagree with it. Okay. You know, you you bring how to say it, home based morals and if you have integrity within you, then yes, I think you can accomplish anything you want to here and promote as far as you can go here without any issues even being arrested because I don't, I don't believe that there's any, anything stopping them but themselves on their hesitation that's in their mind thinking, I'm a woman so maybe that's not for me. They need to just try, try it, see if it is. That's the only way you're gonna really know. As I, as I got my, grew my confidence and, and then was able to promote up and up, 
to different positions until the point that I'm at now. You know, I'm a mother of two girls, so I really want them to understand that they can do whatever, you know, whatever they want to do. And I feel like I am teaching them that that's, that that's doable. So I feel like anybody in any of our fields, medical or security or counselors or, or anything that are dedicated and, and have good self morals and, and integrity, anybody, any female could make it in this, in this. And I think as long as you learn your craft and you are knowledgeable about the position you're in, you know, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Um, men go out on home visits, male officers go out on home visits with me, you know, they assist me in all areas of my job. And I don't think it's because I'm a woman, I think it's because I'm good at what I do. You know, I've, I've seen the Department of Correction grow, you know, tons in the past decade. You know, I've worked here and just the ability to be able, you know, I started out in counseling and then I went to security and then I, now I'm in an executive position. You know, there's so many opportunities for someone. You don't just have to stay in one spot. You know, even if you're in security, you could be, you know, security and high security or the annex or it's never boring. Uh, and there's always opportunities for growth, you know, especially now with them offering, uh, college you know I gained my master's while I was here through TDOC um, you know you can gain you can go to classes here you can you know get your uh, bachelor's associates or bachelor's now you know there's so many places to go that it's you know it's just a wonderful opportunity for anybody to to get their foot in the door and then and then just go I think the there. biggest thing they also need to learn is we are a family in here and that we all do look out for each other because we are not females in the institution we are officers that's in right. the institution that's right we are staff we are one mm -hmm. well said so to wrap things up what would you guys tell women who are considering a career in corrections or just getting their career started um, what advice would you give them to ensure they have as successful of a career as you guys you have to be firm, fair, and consistent from the beginning. And from be the beginning. confident in yourself. You have to be confident. If not, they're going to eat you alive. Yet. Mm -hmm. yeah. But once you throw the firm, fair, and consistent to them every day, every time, they will learn to respect you and yeah. do as you say. I learned that the hard way at the prison. Uh, I had just started, and they had told us to be firm, fair, and consistent. and. If you do one favor, they're going to expect more. What I did was I let a guy, we came back from the ball field, he wanted to use the phone. I let him use that phone at one time, extra, because he'd already had his break. And then after that, when I did not let him use the phone, it was an issue. And, I mean, it got, it got to the point where they had, I told them, I said, y'all going to either move him or you're going to move me. I said, because I can't do this 7.5. It, it, it was, he was harassing me. He wasn't doing as, as much where I could write him up but he was just doing enough to make my day miserable. And at the risk of taking away from what I feel was an incredibly strong ending to the discussion I just played for you, I really wanted to add this humorous story at the end as a simple reminder that we should never assume anything, especially when it comes to the role of women in corrections. We had some volunteers coming in. 
to, to do a program at 28. And, and I had been corresponding with them back and forth over email and, and telephones. And, uh, and I was helping get them, you know, processed in. And I would hear them talking. They're like, well, where's the warden? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm the warden. And they were like, no. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And they were like, well, you're not at all what we expected. <laughs> and I was kind of, I was like, okay. And they were like, well, we expected someone way older and way bigger. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, and they were like, well, you're just a little thing. I like, well, thanks, I guess. And that yeah. is all the time that we have today. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Mission. Be sure to click like and preferably we'd love for you to subscribe as we hope that this becomes a monthly podcast. Special thanks go out to Health Services Administrator Catherine Campbell, Lieutenant Patricia Specht, Re-Entry Counselor Susan Garrett, and Chief Counselor Valerie Burgess, all of the Bledsoe County Correctional Complex. We'd also like to thank Lieutenant Sharon Houston, Teacher Miss Julia Gregg, CCO Heather Lee, CCO Dana Daniels, IPO Terrace Marsh, and Mental Health Counselor Christine Swift, all from the Morgan County Correctional Complex, and District Director Narisha Atkins, Probation Parole Manager Monica Kennedy, Probation Parole Manager Stephanie Davis, PPO2 Jessica Parrish of District 40, and PPO3 Kelly Earls and PPO2 Donna Mitchell of District 10, all of whom you heard in this podcast today. Would also like to thank all the other incredible female staff who participated and um, gave us their insight, shared some of their stories with us. We appreciate their time, and we appreciate everything that they do for our agency. We hope you've enjoyed. As always, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and, of course, everything can be found at tn.gov correction. Thank you, and again, we hope that you will like this and you will subscribe to the new TDOC podcast, The Mission. <laughs>